Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up, what's up, what's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling, episode 164. And today, we're going to get into a conversation that was a little bit of a debate that I saw online. And I wanted to bring that over to our conversation here today. So this was on Reddit. I actually saw an article written about this post. Let me explain that. And I was like, hmm, I'm curious what people would think, but I want to definitely give my opinion on it. So there was a sister who said, is she basically, is she an a-hole for doing this? And yeah, I'm sure you're going to agree here where she said that she uninvited her brother to dinner because of his mourning. So what this is, is that his, her brother's wife passed away about eight weeks prior to this post and to cancer. And so the brother had been known for being at events, family events. And if the wife was mentioned, he would just maybe sob or excessively cry or outwardly express his grief, which is to be mourning. And they decided her husband and herself that they were going to uninvite him to this specific dinner party because they did not want to have to deal with those outward outbursts of tears and because their point was that it can make other people not just themselves uncomfortable so this raised a couple of different points here and while I thought it was interesting because another part of the article discussed how a lot of people do feel this way but a lot of people don't say it so I'm not sure if you have felt this way or if you feel like others have made you feel this way meaning that your grief, your mourning makes them uncomfortable the way that you express it. And so because some people won't actually say it like this sister did, she literally said she picked up the phone, called her brother, uninvited him because, again, he was invited already to this dinner party and he was uninvited. And then her parents were pissed off and they called her going off and saying how insensitive it was and how terrible and all of these things that you can imagine if someone did that to you or someone else that you love and can imagine that whole point. But what it was saying is that the people who won't say it to you, they will do this, but in a silent way. So less phone calls, less invitations. There will start to be a separation that you may see or notice. And it could be because, quite frankly, they're tired of your mourning. Now, how that is received and how that might make someone feel is obviously debatable. And it depends on who you are. But I think this is where it becomes, I guess, a line. And so I can understand how being at a dinner party or out to dinner or wherever you are at different events and knowing that someone might just start crying out of nowhere. But I would think, wow, the fact that someone is so hurt, so broken and in such a place that they cannot control or choose not to control the way that their feelings and emotions are at that time to just let it go at a dinner table I feel that that person needs that support. They would need to be around people even more. So to isolate based on your discomfort is kind of like, wow, wow. I've personally never experienced that. And I've, and I've hoped that I've never made anyone feel that way. 
But I think it's a real thing. I think that it is hard to hold space, I think is a good way to say that, to hold space with someone in some of their darkest moments and times. But to blatantly tell them that they're uninvited to something because of that is tough. So one of the things that can be the most beneficial to someone that is grieving and mourning and going through this is just listening. Those cries that he could be doing publicly might be the only time that he does express himself that way. He might feel the most comfortable to let his feelings be what they are amongst other people. And maybe that's how some of us are too. And so it's like when we're by ourselves or we're in our our normal routines, it's easier to just kind of keep going. But then when you're around what you would feel and deem safety and security, because it seems as if these were around family and friends, you might feel like you can be more expressive. And it's unfortunate. It seems like it would be very disheartening to know that there are some people who actually are being made to feel less than and unwanted because of a circumstance. Like he did not obviously want his wife to pass away. And another point that was made is that it had been eight weeks. This is weeks. We're not talking years. And even in years, certain things can trigger you. But just let's just really think about this. It has only been eight weeks since this person, this guy lost his wife. He's now widowed. And it could even be the simple fact that this lady and her husband are still married. They're together and he has to see that. But for us to have someone that put that kind of pressure on people and it's just based on that uncomfortability, because, again, this is why we talk about and I don't know if I ever mentioned it here, but being death positive, meaning that there's a comfortability to express and have conversations around death, find those people because everyone is not comfortable with it. In this case, it wasn't even that he was speaking. He was just crying. So I can see where talking about someone's death or talking about the loss, especially if there's connections, like if it's your brother, then that means you may have had a relationship with your sister-in-law where that could be difficult. So constantly hearing about it, like for me, me talking about my dad, that can be tough for my brothers. That can be tough for my mom, my family, my aunt. Like it could be a difficult thing. But just crying and and I'm saying just meaning that this is no verbal expression no words that can be triggering to you but just to cry and that person not be able to have that space and out of fear of that happening you're going to uninvite them that's tough so finding death positive people people who are comfortable with that is very important on the healing journey to make sure that our grief has a home And what better home could there be to grieve and mourn than with your family and your friends? I was very taken back by the article. And then the fact that the person actually posted, this is on Reddit, posted about themselves. And obviously the comments chewed them up and tore them apart and talked about how awful they were. I'm glad they shared it because it does offer a perspective for us to realize that, unfortunately, we do have to exist and live amongst people who don't have that level of empathy to be able to sit with you, to be able to hold that space with you when you're in this space. It's baffling, right? Because you're like, wow, who would uninvite someone that just lost a a spouse to them eight weeks ago? Well, a lot of people and people do feel that way. They're like, oh, I'm just tired of it. I'm I don't I'm tired. Every time I talk to them, they just cry. Every time I mention this, they just cry. And In defense of the person who's on the other end of it, I can understand truthfully how it can be hard to hold that space. 
But if we can just step outside of ourselves, if they can maybe step outside of themselves and just imagine how difficult and how hard it actually probably is for these people, for the bereaved people in your lives to have to cope and deal and exist, then maybe for just that hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is that you have to be in this event, you could just basically put your feelings aside. What they actually could have maybe did was just warned, maybe warned, even if that's that's going out, that's kind of putting someone out there. But so what? Hey, listen, my brother, just like you guys know, he lost his wife eight weeks ago. So perhaps he might have an outburst. Just understand we're going to just be supportive and kind of help him through it. Just give people that warning. Give them that option so that they're maybe not as caught off, excuse me, caught off guard. But to just remove someone is tough. It's really tough. And so if you found yourself on that end of feeling like, hey, man, listen, like, yeah, that's true. I've had some people who are really tough to be there for because this doesn't just have to be based on a a death or anything like that. And although we're grieving and we're bereaved people, we still are showing up for other people in our lives in different capacity. And so we might have a friend or a family member who is like, I don't even want to take their call because every time I talk to them, they're just crying and falling apart. And 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 so I can understand, again, how that could be tough, but just try to look at it like, wow, what they might be going through. Also, a big thing that I'm always an advocate for is pushing a person in a, di- in a direction of a resource that could be more beneficial for them, something that could actually like help them and make their scenario better. That's another thought. It's like, listen, this, this please understand, is. I don't want to use the word burden, but when you bring up these conversations, they feel a bit heavy. They feel a bit heavy for where I'm at in my life right now. But I do know of a resource that you can utilize. I do know of this website that has therapists or this podcast or whatever it is, or perhaps buy them a journal. There are certain things you can do to redirect that because I am certainly not saying that we have to be able to have the capacity to hold whatever somebody has going on because that's just not true and it's not fair. It's not fair to say to someone, you appear, I'm going to say appear because a lot of people can look like they have it together and that they're emotionally well. And so because of that, people think that they can just download and deposit right on you without even asking you if it's okay to do so. So it's not fair to say that that person has to be okay with it, but we can find ways to redirect, still show support But it just may not be in that way. It may not be taking every single phone call. It may not be inviting them to dinner or going out places with them when you know there could perhaps be some kind of breakdown or thing. But to just leave somebody hanging and cut them off and isolate, that's not cool. That's not cool. And always remember that those tables turn. Those tables turn. Those tables turn. And so the way in which we treat people in different seasons of our lives, there is quite possibly the chance that that is going to come a time where that table is going to turn and you're going to be in that seat where you would be dying for someone to answer your phone call, to hear you cry, to meet up with you, to have a meal and to chat and discuss. And because they're, they're maybe tired of hearing you, they cut you off. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want to continue to put these deposits out there into the world that's going to help in the end because you just never truly know. So for the person that's needing to hold space, hold as much as you can. Be as communicative with the person as you can, letting them know that this is a lot for me. I'm going to do my best every day. I may not be able to because communication, I've learned, hasn't really steered me wrong. Effectively communicating 
our emotions and our feelings and our expectations for where we are and what we can can hold and finding those boundaries. I think we can we can reach out and say boundaries are so crucial. But if we are able to verbally communicate that, because, again, like I said, I think a lot of people can relate to how the sister felt, but disagree with the action and the approach. So it's like I can understand that you don't want to feel uncomfortable and make your guests feel uncomfortable. But I don't understand how you would call your widowed brother after eight weeks and tell him that he's uninvited to a dinner. So I can understand how you may not be able to take every phone call from your friend or your family member that's going through a tough time, whether it be divorce, loss of a job or whatever other losses that they may be grieving in their lives. But I do not understand for you to just turn off your phone or block their number or just unfollow them on social media, block them, whatever it is. I think in some scenarios, maybe boundaries have to be extreme. But for the most part in the situations that I'm envisioning and I'm communicating about today, I'm thinking that we can tell people, express what we're feeling and and how things are in a way that doesn't become too, too harsh or too harmful for someone to be able to accept. Because imagine how us trying to form this boundary because we're saying, all right, this is going to protect me. Although I care about you, I have to protect me. And so I'm going to go to extreme levels. And if that means cut you off because I can't deal with you in this season of your problems, I don't care how deep it is or hurt. Okay, that's 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 one thing. But we have to make sure that we're understanding that that could, that language, the approach could push somebody over. Right? We're not talking about people who stub their toe or have a little scrape on their knee. We're speaking about extreme life altering experiences and so being mindful of the wording and the language that we're choosing to use is so important to do that and in some scenarios you may not feel comfortable I'm gonna speak for myself there are some situations that I found myself in over the last couple of years that I would think I would think based on my personality and who I am that I would definitely address this. I would address this head on. I am not going to sit back. I am a very outspoken person. But in reality, in all situations, I'm not. There have been some scenarios where I haven't addressed or I haven't said certain things or whatever it is for whatever reason. So being mindful of what we say and how we say it is some of these little things, jovial things, these Things from childhood that we've learned, it's not its not what you say, it's how you say it, could almost never be more important than when it comes to supporting someone in quite a vulnerable space. I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that. It's so imperative that we cannot always stand on the pride of saying, I'll tell people how it is. I'll tell them like this. I'll say, I don't bite my tongue. I don't. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to. And so sometimes if you cannot express it verbally, as I'm trying to get at, you can maybe write a letter. Text messages and writing. I will say sometimes it does leave gray area. It does leave room for for miscommunication. But I'd rather you miscommunicate than to not communicate, if that makes sense. So I'd rather your attempt be made in writing 
and it perhaps be miscommunicated or misunderstood than for your silence to become deadly before your silence to become very detrimental from your isolation, from your distance to become so much more problematic where it takes a situation from here to there very quickly. I hope that it makes sense because it, it really, it really rang true and it was almost baffling at first that someone would do that. But then, like I said, the other parts of the article where it highlighted that the reality is a lot of people feel this way. They just don't say it. They just don't say it. And that's another thing. We can maybe temperature temperature check. If you're a bereaved person and you're someone who's mourning and you're dealing with your grief and you can say to someone, hey, is it too much for you? I totally understand if it is. I just really going through a tough time right now and I could use a voice. And even sometimes I wonder if the same way when someone has goals in life and you just hear them talking about their goals, talking about their goals, but but not, I mean, excuse me, talking about things that they want to do, but not really showing so much of a plan of action. Maybe that's where it gets tiresome for people because it's like, I keep hearing you talk about this and talk about this, but like, what are you actually doing? Because time alone will not heal all wounds. People who use their time to heal will heal. So if you're in a space where you feel like you don't have as much support or maybe your support strings are getting a little thin, you might want to communicate, hey, listen, I understand how I appear right now. It's just as if you are self-aware. It's heavy. It's heavy to talk to me. I'm not I'm not really a pleasure to be around right now. I'm in a real low, dark place. I will tell you, though, I have the intention to feel better. These are the things I want to do in order to get to where I'm trying to go. I'm saying this to say that sometimes people are more likely to show support and more likely to stick in it with you when they know that you actually want to move forward. When progression is on the table, I think people are more likely and more open. When you feel like it's a lost cause, and again, that could be harsh to say, people might feel just really feel defeated, might really feel defeated about that. And that's the true fact. I remember, and my aunt, my aunt and I talked about this before, and I remember we, my grandmother had passed away, and it was very, very early on. I would, I would even think it was like maybe less than a month after we went to a grieving support group. And there was this one woman in a the, in the group, and I'll never forget her for as long as I live. And she just could not stop crying the entire meeting. Like she was just so distraught. And it had been a decent amount of time that her sister had passed away and she was just really, really, really struggling. And I remember feeling to myself that I don't want to be that person. My aunt and I talked about that. I don't want to be her. It's no offense to her. She's got to move through her pain the way that it serves her. But I had a clear vision for my life. And although I was hurting, mind you, this is just a couple weeks after losing one of the most important people to me. But I just was like, I don't want to be there. So like, even if I found myself there, I would still hopefully be able to communicate or take action to say, I'm not going to stay here forever. I'm not going to stay here forever. So, for example, with that brother, he might be there right now, but he might eventually see himself out of that. And so if you can say that to somebody sometimes, like, I know this is where I'm at. I know how uncomfortable this can maybe make you feel. I don't know. I This is where I feel, but I would hope. Hope is a key word to be able to recognize if someone is hopeful, if someone has some sort of bigger desire. That can be all powerful. That can be very game changing, to be honest. 
And will someone, will we all be able to recognize that in the midst of our pain? No. Is it ideal? I would hope that we could, but sometimes we don't see that hope and we can't feel it. But if you can and you recognize that, what I'm saying is as much of your your emotions and your feelings that you're in tune with and that you're aware of and that you can share with other people in your life of your of your vision of your healing, I would encourage you to do so. I would encourage you to do so. And if you're just in such a broken place and everything that I'm just said is just going in one ear and, and out the other, there's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. We all cope differently. There's timelines for everyone and everything. But if you hear nothing else that I said today, I hope that you hear hope. I hope that you hear the power of believing in further. The power in believing that the circumstance, the scenario could actually change one day. The crisis part. The crisis part of these losses could subside. So if you can just walk away after hearing this conversation and say, I am devastated. I feel terrible. I feel awful. I'm not in a good space, but I have hope that one day I believe that one day I could absolutely feel better. That that I'm telling you, that could be all powerful. It could truthfully be game changing because anything that we do in life. If we're walking around hopeless and we do not see a better outcome, then that really lowers your motivation. It just lowers the desire. Why would I want to work harder? Why would I want to seek resources? Why would I want to get therapy? Why would I want to get counseling? If I feel and if I believe and I've already committed myself to the thought that this is how it's going to be, then why would I do anything different? But if I believe and I'm committed to knowing that there's a possibility that this situation could turn around if I keep going, if I tap in, if I dig deeper then you might just keep going. You might live to fight another day. You might be able to keep swimming. So let the hope, just that little bit, it doesn't take much. Faith the size of a mustard seed to be a life raft in this situation. I hope that what we talked about today is helpful to someone here. You can share it with someone in your life that would truly be appreciated because we just don't know where everyone is. Like I said, it doesn't matter how you appear on the outside. You don't know what people have going on on the inside. I super appreciate you guys continuing to rock with me, continuing to tune in. If you're listening to the audio, I would love it if you can leave us a review, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following because you could just come across this episode and not be actually following the podcast. So subscribe, follow to the podcast. If you're watching the video, leave us a comment or something like that, a review, some, some conversation, some dialogue. I'm always welcoming and loving it. But if you want to have a more direct conversation with me, the best way to do that is to slide over into my DMs on Instagram. But you cannot do that if you're not following me. So make sure you're following me there over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore Jane Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know, love and light. Peace. Peace.